Good to see you, good to be with you. Uh, I'm thankful for a moment just to step into a new series where we're going to explore the voice of God, what happens when God speaks. I uh, love this movie, Field of Dreams. If you haven't seen it, it's worth seeing. Uh, This movie struck a nerve with so many people because it actually ends up digging down deep into something that's meaningful to everyone, something that everyone desperately wants in their life, and that's purpose. Because purpose is about direction. Purpose in life is about movement. It's about growth. It's about being reconciled and being restored to the way God designed us to be. And what we figure out Everyone at some point in time figures out this truth. Purpose doesn't come from within. We can all try to define our purpose or try to make things up. We can find a thousand things to try to uh, lean into in this life, to try to grant and give us purpose. But what we find is anything that we try to make uh, purpose over our lives, to try to give us meaning, always ends up falling short. And what we find out is that purpose comes from something outside. And that's what we're going to explore. In fact, this this movie, we get to see this external voice, this outside voice that speaks to this corn farmer and begins to draw him out as you hear here, as you get to hear in this clip, if you build it, he will come. Now, there's not much more information than that. And I actually love that he doesn't have all the information, but he has to go on what you and I might call a faith journey to discover what this voice is trying to lead him in. And what you find out is that the purpose for this man it has nothing to do with the cornfield, and it actually has nothing to do with ultimately a baseball field. It has nothing to do with his ability to even take care of his family. These are all themes that you'll see through the movie. But what this movie is actually ultimately about is a son being reconciled to a father. And the meaning that comes from that restoration Because this is what God wants to do in the context of our lives. This is what we all actually ache to have, a real discernible voice moving us into depth of purpose and meaning. An actual voice that comes from outside of us that moves us toward. And it's not just, of course, any voice. It's a voice of life that is full of truth, that's real and leading you and I to maximum flourishing. Flourishing in our homes, flourishing in our workplaces. Living above and beyond just the day-to-day, but feeling worth and value and calling that goes far beyond. Listen, this is what we want as a people, and this is, church, what we get in Christ. This is what we get. This is what you and I have, I want you to hear this, you and I have total access to, the voice of a father leading us towards meaning and purpose, the voice of a king. We're meant to be a people who hear God's voice. We are meant to be a people who hear his voice and not just hear his voice, but follow him into life. To be led somewhere. I want you to see Jesus' own words. You guys are there. If you don't have a Bible, go ahead and grab one. John chapter 10. You guys that are joining us at home, be sure to grab a Bible. I want you to be able to see if you're here in the room, there's a a Bible under the chair in front of you. If you didn't bring one with you, John chapter 10. 
This is one of these great metaphors that we get that Jesus uses. Jesus always using pictures and stories to help people connect with something that he was teaching or training or actually bringing to, towards to his people that will follow him. And he has something unique that he says here in John chapter 10. We'll start in verse one. Here's what he says. Truly, truly, I say to you, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door but climbs in by another way, that man is a thief and a robber. And he makes the distinction because thieves were ones that would steal from within and then robbers that were, would come and they would be in the hills, they'd hide and they'd come and attack. And so he, it says, but he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him, the gatekeeper opens and the sheep hear his voice. And he calls his own sheep by name and he leads them out. And when he's brought out all his own, he goes before them and the sheep follow him for they know his voice. A stranger they will not follow. They'll flee from him for they do not know the voice of strangers. So I love this picture that Jesus is unfolding for us here. He's saying, listen, there are going to be people and circumstances in your life that want to wreck and steal, to thieve and rob and take away. There's an active participating enemy that's seeking to do this. But there is a true shepherd who comes right through the front door. He comes right through the gate and the sheep, it was says the sheep hear his voice. Now, and I love this. And it says it calls them by name. Now, here's what's beautiful. If you actually go back and I did just a little bit of research, customarily, shepherds would literally name their sheep. They would be so accustomed and so aware of who their sheep were, they'd name them and he'd know who they was. And he would literally call them by name. He could literally say their name and by the sound of his voice, the sheep would respond to him. That's how intertwined the shepherd is with his sheep. And so Jesus is painting this picture of an intimacy that the people of God had not fully understood that the father wanted with them. And he's unpacking a brand new reality saying, here's something brand new. I want you to get this. My sheep are going to know my voice. They're going to respond. And then here's, what, here's, the, here's the best part. When he speaks to them, what does he say? What does he do? He says, he goes before them. He isn't just saying words. He's bringing leadership. He's got direction. He's got design. He's got purpose. He's bringing his voice. And he said, and then when they're inclined to my voice, then the stranger's voice, they don't follow anymore. They stop listening to the stranger voice and they listen to my voice. Now, listen, there's tons to be able to unpack with all of those things, but there is this central point that we have to see. My sheep, my people will hear my voice. This is going to be the mark. This is so incredibly important for us to understand. For Jesus to teach this, it's an, a promise for his people. Anytime Jesus teaches something, it's going to come about, right? Jesus doesn't say false statements. He doesn't make uh, idle words. Everything that came out of the mouth of Jesus was 110% truth. And here's, this is going to be the mark on the people of God. My people, my sheep will know my voice. They'll be inclined. They'll listen. 
And listen, this is so important for us because even to this day, there are, there are lots of questions that revolve around whether or not God is still speaking. Is God still speaking? And we'll see here, what we see here is Jesus fully intended to be speaking to his people. Not just speaking, but calling them by name. Seeking out an intimacy and a connection with each and every one of his sheep but calling them into new places. That's his promise. And his people who are his will hear him. And so the question that we get to ask this morning is no longer whether or not God is speaking to his people. This is, this is resolved in the heart of Jesus. Without question, Jesus is speaking to his people, will be. His sheep will know and hear his voice. That's not the question. In fact, you can go back to verse three. The sheep follow him for they know his voice. They're inclined, their ears inclined, okay? So meaning every sheep, listen to this. Every sheep has capacity to hear the voice of the shepherd, period. Every sheep has capacity to hear the voice of the shepherd, the question is this, then what's the holdup? If every sheep has capacity, then let's be honest. Why might and why do we struggle with this idea of God speaking? Now, if you're anything like me, we've, you've had moments in life where you've sought, you've desired to follow the Lord, but you weren't sure if you were hearing God's voice or not. You know, you, you want it, many of you in here wanting to follow what God's leading and his directive is, but you're not sure. You ask that question. And so what I want to do is just unpack very quickly a couple of lies that circle around this issue of God's voice and him speaking to his people. I want to unpack those quickly and then see what the Lord has to say to us this morning, right? Because there are two main lies that hinder us receiving the, that voice of the shepherd, okay? One of them is spiritual, one of them is cultural. Both are lies that are totally bent on keeping us from maximum flourishing in Christ, walking with Jesus in the totality of our lives, okay? Let's unpack these. Number one, lie number one. You are not and never will be worthy enough to hear God's voice. Lie number one is this. You're just not good enough. You aren't spiritual enough. You don't have enough spiritual maturity. You don't have capacity to hear God's voice. You haven't been good enough. You haven't obeyed enough. The lie goes on and on. I think it's so amazing, actually, the context of this scripture here. You know what's happened? Jesus came forward and he, blind, he came before a blind man. And he healed, man had been blind his entire life. And he heals this blind man and this blind man's undone. Guys, his life has been changed and transformed. And so he goes to the people and begins telling people that his, been, his eyes have been opened and he can see. And the religious leaders think there's no way this man has been healed because they know he's a sinner. They've seen him, they, they've seen his life and they've looked at him. In fact, they've seen his blindness and you know what they've done? They've judged him to not be spiritual enough. They said, you're blind because you're a sinner. You're paying the price for your life. This is this heavy hand 
this religious heavy hand that comes over and says, nope, you don't have enough. You don't have what it takes. You're not a candidate for the God of the universe to come in and break in to speak life. And so literally on two separate occasions, they have to go, go back and forth with the religious leaders because they don't believe him. They think he's lying and they go call his parents and his parents are ready to vouch for them. And you know what they do with the parents? They lord over the parents. Like if you lie, you're gonna be in trouble. And his parents are afraid to vouch. They're saying, listen, you're just gonna have to ask our son whether or not he was blind. That's how afraid, this is what a religious voice does. This is what a religious spirit does. It says, you're never gonna be good enough. You don't have, you don't have this kind of access. Not you. The, the people sitting on this side of the room, these guys can hear God, all right? But not you guys. And yeah, yeah, and he's like, hey, Mike's like, hey, that's not right. You guys over here, these guys over here, they clearly hear the voice of the Lord, not you. The, the, hey, I know we've all heard, we've heard this before. And, and, and this lie comes from this broken and controlling spirit. And Jesus looks at the religious leaders who are judging and standing and saying, there's no possible way that God would move in your life because you're not a candidate for it. And Jesus says, guess what? That's exactly who I want to speak to. These are the people that I want to minister. These are the people that need my voice, the ones that don't have it all together. If you're in this room this morning, you guys are watching us online and you're going, my life is not really all together. Guess what? You're an amazing candidate for hearing the voice of God. He has some powerful and life-giving things to say to you. And this voice that comes over and says, listen, you're not good enough. It is the broken voice of what the scripture here calls the thief or the robber. In fact, you go just a couple of verses down, and in verse 10, it says this, there's a thief who comes only to steal and kill and destroy, but I, the shepherd, have come that they may have life and have it abundantly. Now, I want to be honest with you. This scripture often is attributed to Satan himself as being the one who comes to steal, kill, and destroy, and that is 110% true because that is the nature of what the enemy does, but you want, to re you want to know the context of this scripture? Jesus is talking about the religious leaders who were speaking lies over the broken people that God wanted to minister to. When he says there's a thief who comes to steal, kill, and destroy, he's talking about the religious spirit. In, the, in those religious elites that were standing to Lord over the people. And he was saying, you guys have, what he ultimately says in scriptures, you tie millstones around people's neck and you're dragging people down and I have life to give away. The Lord wants to speak to his people. Jesus wants to speak to you and me in this moment. And that voice that says you're not devout enough to hear the shepherd, you're not spiritual enough to hear the shepherd. You're not close enough to hear the shepherd. You're not mature enough to hear the shepherd. That's that voice that the Pharisees are propagating over the sheep of Israel. In fact, there's the scripture where Jesus looks after he's come in in his final week of life and he comes into Jerusalem and his heart breaks and it says he had compassion over Jerusalem because they were running around like sheep without a shepherd. And their lives were being scattered over this lie that the people were never gonna be good enough to come near to the Lord to have his voice over their lives, to have his ministry and direction. And Jesus grieved over that, had compassion. Now, 
Listen, we all, we can actually, if you, listen, if you've got kids, you can identify with this. If, you, if you've got kids, if you ever had someone that's come along, and we, we're big on words in our family. We, we wanna speak words of life all the time. It's something we work on regularly, right? But you will have from time to time people outside of your family are gonna speak to your kids. And every once in a while, somebody says something about your kid and you're like, no, say what? You ever had that little mama bear or papa bear thing run? You know, like maybe it was a teacher that just wasn't having a good day. And they said, no, it's one thing like, hey, little, you know, little Timmy needs to work on some stuff. That's okay. But when they speak false words, like there should be something, there's something right up, rise up in you going like, hey, you don't speak, you ain't gonna speak that way over my child. We're gonna protect and cover my child. You ever ha- had that, that moment, that thing, like somebody coming against your kid, your family, your people, and you're going, hey, this is mine, they're mine. And I treasure this child. And we won't allow for these things to be spoken over our kids. Let me tell you, whatever mama bear or papa bear you got in you, it pales in comparison to the king of the universe and what he feels about you. He's ready to come and protect you. And there's a voice of the enemy just saying, you ain't got it and you don't have enough. And the father's saying, don't you dare say that to my people. My my kids, my sheep hear my voice. This is what will be the mark on my people. I'm bringing my people in. I love that. And I'm so thankful for that. Now there's another lie which happens and it happens a lot in our culture. Actually, it's this Western culture that we live in. This other lie says this. Listen, God doesn't speak in real time anymore and anyone who thinks so is a weirdo. Because let's be honest. It's cool in a movie to see the voice that you can hear kind of with your audible ears and you can go along with this character and say, yeah, we know he's not crazy because we're hearing it along with him. But that's not always how it works here. In fact, I'll just be the first to tell you, I've never heard the audible voice of God in my life. I've heard the voice of God in many ways and in many times. I've never heard it audibly. And we're getting into a little bit of weird territory, especially in this Western, very Western empirical culture in which we live in, because we we live in a world in which if you can't see it, taste it, touch it, if it can't be scientifically proven, it can't be real. This is kind of the world that we live in. And anyone who believes outside of what can be seen is a little bit twilight zone, right? You got people going, you know, over your life. When you start talking about the idea of hearing God, I don't know if you guys are familiar with, there was a, um, uh, it was a TV show, a, a medical drama, because I know some of you guys are into medical dramas or whatever, because those are the fun ones, if you're into medical dramas. But uh, I'm not, but there was a, I've seen it because it's been on, you know, a, a meme or whatever. But there was a show called House. Yeah. Now we know who the medical drama nerds are, okay? <laughs> TV show called House, and um, in one of the episodes, I guess the lead character, apparently I think he's kind of a jerk, but he's smart. And so um, he's just really straightforward, and he has this quote in one, of his, um, in, one of his, in one of the episodes, and he says this, the character says, if you talk to God, you're religious. If God talks to you, you're psychotic. And there's a little bit of this idea that floats around in this taste, touch, see culture that we live in and might be one of the hardest to overcome um, where hearing God can be a challenge, 
because we live in such a self-reliant world. You know, we're, we're, we're Americans. We, you know, Lindsay, you can make fun of us. We're Americans, right? You pull yourself up by your own bootstraps to make your own way. And we live in this self-reliant world where the idea of a voice outside of us that often is silent and not discernible with the senses, calling us up into life and truth uh, seems out there. And listen, if we could just be really honest, um, there are, I've, let me, I've had many conversations with those who wrestle with extreme mental illness that often will uh, have delusions of God talk. Uh, and if we're being honest, we've all seen news reports of people who have said, God told me to do whatever, and they were criminals. And to have done awful things in the name of God told me. So this becomes a really sensitive issue in which we have to be really honest about what is going on. Because you have people who maybe wrestle with mental illness and believe that God is talking. You also have people that they're not mentally ill at all, but they love to manipulate and control people and will say, well, God said this and therefore you must do this. And there has been, and I, my hope and prayer, in fact, we'll be praying even through this series that if you have been hurt or wounded by those that have been, uh, you've gone through church experience where someone said, in the name of the Lord, God told me this and has hurt you or wounded you, I'm gonna promise you God has healing and wholeness for you. But it happens and we have to be honest about it. So the question is, what do we do with these things? And of course, we all know this, that if we removed or destroyed every good and beautiful thing in this world that someone used or abused for evil, there really wouldn't be much left in this life, right? It's the picture where fire in a forest can be radically destructive, but fire in a stove can bring warmth and life. And the truth is, is there are many amazing things that God has given to us and I'd say first and foremost will be his voice that the enemy would love to counterfeit and bring destruction. But just because the enemy wants to destroy the voice of God does not mean we remove the equation from our life. What it means is this church, we're actually called to press in deeper. We're actually being called to go further, to anchor ourselves in the word of God, to be able to hear his powerful voice. God's given us the incredible gift to know him in a rich and meaningful and personal way. And more than anything, to reveal his glory in us and through us. And so we can't ignore it just because others have abused it. We can acknowledge the abuse and then say, okay, Lord, lead us forward. And in fact, this is what this community is actually about. That's what this church family is meant to be, where we can come together to link arms, to be a people who pray for each other and cover each other. And we pray on behalf and we listen to the Lord for each other and with each other. And we cover each other. That's why we have elders in our church to make sure that we are protected and covered all the way through. This is what we were meant to be as a people. That's why we are a church. And this is what the Lord's doing here. And so what do we do? We always come back to the truth. 
When, when you're in a place of doubt, what do we do? We always come back to the truth. And what does the truth say? The sheep follow the shepherd and they know his voice. That's the truth the Lord's leading us into. This is where we're headed as a people. And I love because Jesus says something really cool and interesting in Luke chapter eight. In fact, we're gonna unpack uh, next week a little more Luke chapter eight, but I love he's telling this parable or he's telling this story. And in Luke chapter eight, he says this phrase. He says, he who has ears, let him hear. He who has ears, let him hear. Now, why would Jesus say he who has ears, let him hear. Everybody's got ears, or most everybody's got ears. The dude that, you know, Peter chopped his ear off didn't for a moment, and Jesus fixed it, right? But everyone else, we, most people got ears. And he said, but he says, uh, he who has ears, let him hear. You know why Jesus says that? Because there's a lot of people that do have ears, but they don't hear. You can have ears and not hear. And I just think, oh, Lord, don't let this church family be a people who have ears, but we miss out on hearing what God has for us. It's what we want. Jesus asked this question because he knows that just because you got ears, you're not gonna automatically hear. And that if you're a follower of Jesus, you've got capacity to know his voice intimately and powerfully. But hear this, there is a process of leaning in and learning the voice of God. And that's why we're a family, to begin to be a people who lean in and learn to hear the voice of God. Because the question about God's desire to speak to his people and share his heart with us, that question's been fully answered. If you're wondering whether or not the Lord wants to speak to you in real time and to give you his heart, if you've wondered or had that question, the answer is unequivocally, yes. He's ready and wants to share. But let's be a people who lean in and learn and ask, Lord, what, what does your voice sound like? So that becomes the question as we move into the days ahead. Are we actively learning to hear his voice? Are we leaning into it? Are we asking the questions? Are we inclining our ear? The sheep learn the voice of the shepherd. That's the beautiful journey that we all get to be on. I love the story in 1 Samuel chapter three. Little Samuel's a boy. He's studying under the prophet Eli. He's just trying to serve as best he can. And one night he's laying down and all of a sudden the voice of the Lord rings out. But he doesn't know the voice of the Lord. He thinks it's Eli. So he runs in there and he goes, oh, Eli, you, you called for me. And Eli's like, hey, man, it's not me. Go to bed. So Samuel's like, okay, I'm gonna go back to bed. Oh, uh, in fact, we'll pick up the story in verse six. The Lord called again, Samuel. And Samuel arose and he went to Eli and said, here I am for you called me. But he said, I did not call my son. Lie down again. Now look, now, look at this, verse seven. Now, Samuel did not yet know the Lord and the word of the Lord had not yet been revealed to him. So he was in a place where he's getting ready to learn. The Lord's speaking to him, but he hadn't inclined his ear yet. There was a process of learning and leaning in. 
So verse eight, the Lord called Samuel again a third time and he arose and went to Eli and said, here I am for you called me. Then Eli perceived that the Lord was calling the boy. Therefore, Eli said to Samuel, go lie down. And if he calls you, you shall say, speak Lord for your servant here. So Samuel went to lay down in his place and the Lord came and stood calling as at other times, Samuel, Samuel and Samuel said, speak for your servant hears. There's a moment and a process of leaning in and saying, Lord, I'm ready to hear your voice. That if you're in a place where you're going, I don't, I don't even know what this looks like. I don't even know what this means. Listen, preacher, I appreciate all the things that you're saying, but it just feels really distant for me. There's this process where we get to say, you know what? Today is a new day and I wanna begin to learn the voice of the Lord. I wanna begin to incline my ear more to what he's saying. I'll be honest, I've had in my own life, I've had moments where I've gone in and out of the practice of listening to the voice of the Lord and often just leaning back and listening to my own voice. That we'll have seasons often where the Lord might want to push in on something and speak something and maybe even heal something that feels really broken inside of you. And what we often want to do is push it aside. But the Lord's always leading towards life. This is who he is and this is what he does. He's always leading towards life you find the Lord wanting to speak to you about something that it's really difficult or there's something in the back of your mind that continues to come to the surface and it doesn't feel like condemnation and judgment, but the Lord wants to do something. It's the easiest thing in the world to try to push it away. And the Lord's saying, listen, I want access to your heart because I've got, I have things to say to you. And everyone knows this because we've all experienced it. There's a way that seems right to us but it leads towards death. We can come up with some pretty good ideas. In fact, the vast majority of the scripture are people trying to come up with some really great ideas about their lives that seem pretty good to them and it always ends up leading to brokenness. And the Lord's saying, guys, I got life for you just on the other side. You might be on a little bit of a journey to get there, but if you'll trust me, I'm leading you. And the question is, will we be a people just to say yes? That's the issue. Knowing his voice, following his words and his direction. Because this, listen, this is more than just about us making sure we don't make a few mistakes in life. This is actually about knowing authentically who he is and him leading us towards life. Might not be a life of ease and comfort, but it is a life that leads to all the glory that God has in him and for us. Any of you guys uh, play athletics? Like uh, growing up, like played on a team? Anybody play team sports growing up? Yes? Ish, I can't tell if we're an athletic group or not. You guys raise your hands. Okay, okay, yeah. I was like, if, if it's not, I mean, if we need to go chess, we can go chess. I don't know, whatever, whatever we need to do. I'm not sure where my people are at right now. Um, love getting to play team sports. Um, and if you played team sports, if you got to play enough of them, what you got to discern were the coaches that were really good and the coaches that maybe were not so good. You ever had, and you had the coaches that weren't so good were often barking off instructions uh, but never helping you understand how to get there. But if you ever had a good coach, 
You know what he'd do? He'd call you over and he'd say, you know, I don't, this is one of the cool experiences if you're in a game or you're on the sidelines and a coach calls you over and says, hey, you see number 32 over there? Hey, this is what he does every time. And if you see what he does every time, listen, if you can go in there and do this, and you'll shut number 32 down. Now go get him. And he smacks you on the butt on your way out, right? <laughs> and all of a sudden, you're not just running into the fray. You've got information. You've got insight. You've got someone who not only sees and knows and understands, but he's cheering for you. He's your biggest proponent. Church, this is the father of glory. He's the father of glory because he's your biggest fan. He wants maximum for you. And we're often so afraid of what the Lord might say to us because it might bring up some things that the Lord wants to heal. It might be some places that he wants to dive into, but the Lord is directing and leading us in real time. It's what he wants to do. I want our team to come up. We'll finish this morning. If I can just be real and honest with you, we too often look at the word of God. We'll look at the Bible. We'll read it and we catalog all the great and beautiful moral platitudes for how we're supposed to live. And we run around trying to play the game but we never actually interact with the king of the Bible and his heart. We're seeking to do the things in the Bible without the author of the Bible. And we're gonna talk about the word of God and the role that it plays in hearing his voice. We're gonna talk about in the days ahead, all the ways that we can discover his voice connect with him. We're going to unpack the reasons why we can't hear. If you find yourself in a place where you're like, God, I want to hear. God, I want to hear. God, I want to hear, but I can't hear. We'll go through some of that. We're going to explore some of the ways in which God does speak to us in real time and some of the ways that we have access to. We're going to even one of the weeks, we're going to just unpack biblically. We're going to get into 1 Corinthians 13. 12, 13, and 14, and unpack what it means to have a prophetic word that's spoken or a word of knowledge, what the Bible actually has to say about those things. Because we have these beautiful directives. And I gotta be honest with you, I can't imagine what it would be for us to be a people who are real time listening to the heart of the Father, full of the word of God and the truth of God, hearing what he has to say, speaking words of life, linked arm in arm, and advancing the kingdom of God together, tearing down strongholds and pulling down lies and bringing people into his family because we're actively listening to the voice of our Father. That's the kind of people we were meant to be. This is what... The kind of community that he's building here where we love each other and hear the Lord for each other and walk with each other and lift each other up and challenge each other and even discipline and call each other into those places of life that God has for us. But we got to be sold out to the word of the Lord more than the word of the pastor, more than the word of the friend, the word of the Lord together. You guys stand with me. We're just going to just begin to ask.
I'm gonna pray over you and then we're just gonna finish in worship. Would you just, in this moment, would you just ask the Lord right now? Say, Lord, I want the greatest desire of my heart to be your word above all else. Your truth above all else. Your scripture, your word of life washing over me and leading me. Just make that declaration. Father, we wanna ask right now that you'd make us a community of people who faithfully, lovingly, humbly listen to your voice. Make us sheep ready to hear your voice when you call us by name. Some of you have some big things in front of you. You have some family stuff. You have business stuff. You have relational things in front of you. And you need the, the voice of the Lord, a good shepherd leading you, calling you. Just that, say, Lord, I'm, I'm committed in this season as we do this. Lord, would you incline my ear? Would you teach me and let me learn to hear your voice? Make us a people who learn. But let our hearts look to you above all things in this hour. And would you build us a community? Make us ready for your voice and your leading. All right, church, let's worship. Let's ask him that.